Hello and welcome everyone to Plan of Audio. This is the Planversity Travel Podcast. I'm Eric Allen, host and founder of Planversity, the travel planning company, the soon to be all-in-one travel planning company, which I'm very, very excited about. It is a lot of work, but I'm excited about it and everything is going to be more than travelers could hope for in one travel planning software. Anyway, I digress. So um, first off, I want to start off by saying happy 4th of July to everybody. This is a fantastic day to get out and celebrate. I assume that most people are off with the exception of medical personnel, police, security, etc. And if that's the case, wherever you are, hopefully you are having a good day at work and that you find a window close by this evening so that you can view uh, a few fireworks from where you are. So I am ready to talk about something. I have a fresh cup of coffee right here. The sun is up, the weather's perfect. I still got a lot of day left ahead of me and let's just get into it. I'm going to discuss this week the current flight dilemmas that everybody is experiencing. So. If uh, most people are tracking, they've been seeing all over the news that flights are being delayed and canceled across the United States. And so this is not organic to one area in particular. This is actually something that you'll see coast to coast. You know, the larger geographical cities may experience it more. I mean, when we think about the uh, the drag, the amount of drag, and when I say drag, I mean the amount of pressure, the amount of expectancy on a city like atlanta versus a city like you know jackson wyoming or fort wayne indiana obviously those cities are going to have less of a demand on travel um you know especially when it comes to flying not that there aren't a lot of flying passengers there but obviously we're talking about density in this case so when it comes to a place like atlanta orlando new york chicago boston we're talking thousands upon thousands of travelers versus the Asheville, North Carolinas, the Jacksonville, Florida's, you know, those cities, those mid-range small cities, um, they are going to experience a lot less of the demand and the stress, but that doesn't mean that they're without it. So I thought that this week, hang on, sit. I thought that this week we would actually discuss why it is that we're seeing so many of these uh, cancellations. Now, there is no one resolution. There is no one solution. There is no one reason for anything in this world. Whenever things happen, it could be one thing that triggers an outcome or an effect, but more than likely there is some kind of trickle down effect or some kind of accumulation of factors and variables that inevitably lead to something happening you know if uh something in your house comes apart it's never usually just because that item came apart it's because something else shifted or moved into position to allow that to come apart and that piece shifted into position because something else moved and so on and so on so it's the same thing with your car you know usually when a maintenance problem springs up you know of course we all have those occasions where maintenance problems do just spring up but is it likely going to be the case? Probably not. It's probably going to have more to do with age, 
frequency, um, the age of the parts themselves, even where the parts are made, the types of different metals, the types of heat exposure you're getting, you know, types of environments when you're in a, a dry climate, it's going to have a lot less of an impact on your vehicle and rusting than say an area that's got a lot of humidity or maybe a lot of salt water in the air like Florida. So there's never just one reason for why things happen. And believe me, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the one solid, this is why this is happening. But when we start getting into the reports, I can see this common trend and it's not like it's a secret. It's not a state secret. You know, this is the type of thing that's out there and it's available for everyone to kind of pick up on. But being a pilot, I feel like I understand the process a little bit um at least a little bit enough to understand that okay this is not just the the sum of this plus this this is more a problem that is starting to show in this way so if uh if people are trying to travel on the fourth of july weekend in 2022 the problems that got them to the point where their flights are canceled and their flights are being delayed significantly and they're not making it to their destination didn't start on July 3rd or July 2nd or 1st, etc. Um, the reason why started years ago already and that's what we're going to get into okay now i'll try and condense this as much as possible we're already five minutes in i'll try to make this anywhere around 15 to 20 minutes because i don't need to elaborate on too many things what we want to look at is why why are the flights being delayed why are they being canceled why are people being left at the airport in high numbers why is it happening to certain people versus other people there's a lot of things going on right now and there's a lot of questions why even more so, there are a lot of very, very frustrated travelers uh, waving their fists in the air right now saying, fix this problem. But let's talk about some of the things that I came up with, okay? Because I did a little bit of research. And yes, I, I'd actually been given some of the research and some of the information months ago, um, January already this year. I started off the year by taking a, uh, a course on human factors and safety from the FAA out in Phoenix. Now, that was a very good course, very good course, and it also led to a deeper understanding. But the best part about that course was the amount of conversation that we had there with the FAA instructors and them giving us a little bit of insight into what's going on in the industry. And what's going on in the industry is a lot of what we're seeing today the reasons why today we're seeing so many cancellations so first and foremost we'll say probably the biggest reason right now is pilot shortage okay so where did the pilots go why are there not enough pilots you know again everything is the sum of many things okay so when we look at pilot shortages the solution is never just as easy as hire pilots because pilots are not just sitting around, you know, in a big room waiting to be hired and waiting to be picked up and give this opportunity. Believe me, there's more than enough people in this country, in this country, I mean, the United States, to be able to go out, apply for these jobs, um, make, you know, complete the training and then get these jobs, land these jobs finally and start flying. And believe me, the life of a pilot is a pretty good one, you know, when it comes to perks and getting around the country, getting to explore a bit, seeing different things. And of course, the salary is very competitive, which is always a plus. But when we talk about pilot shortages, 
it, it can't just be resolved with the flip of a switch. Mostly what can happen is, or what we can attribute the biggest factors behind this problem to are the last few years uh, when it came to COVID and the relation between travel and COVID. So obviously let's, let's trace it back, right? COVID strikes in what the fall of 2019. And after that, everything starts to go significantly downhill when it comes to um, just exposure in general, just people being out there, being able to travel, to get around. Obviously everybody lived through it. Everybody knows that we were being encouraged to stay at home, uh, keep your trips to a minimum. And when I say trips, I don't just mean you know, flying overseas or flying down to Orlando for the year. Obviously, there was a group of people who continued to fly and didn't really see anything threatening about that. But for a while, everything was nixed. You know, they wanted everyone to stop moving, uh, stop shifting around, stop spreading it. We had to find a way to kind of contain everyone and then just figure out how we're going to produce solutions on a large scale. Now, that's a completely different story. But one of the things that we did see is a dramatic decline in travel. Now, hopefully everybody will agree with me there that people were not traveling as much. I mean, the stats are all there. Everything is there for your availability to be able to read and research on your own. But one of the things that you will see is flights just shot straight down. So uh, me, for example, I have family over in Europe and I make it a habit of going over there monthly and there were direct flights from Philadelphia over to Munich and those have since ceased. So now as a result of those, because during COVID, what happened was airlines were scrambling. They were saying, okay, um, what we're going to do is we're going to have to adjust. We have fewer flights going out. So instead of running flights directly to Europe or Europe's just an example here, but to Europe from this 15 locations let's narrow it down and bump it down to eight primary locations and then we'll just have people filter into those locations meaning i'm going to have you fly from philadelphia to charlotte or to detroit or atlanta and those are pretty much my options when going over there and washington dc so we have these large airports they maintain their flights I had to adjust before that was very convenient for me. Now it's pretty inconvenient for me, but I still have solutions. So um, the reason why that happened was because the airlines needed to maneuver. There weren't as many people traveling. It was not cost efficient to be able to send people or airplanes across the ocean on a nonstop basis. So rather than do that, they make decisions, they consolidate, and then they adjust from there. Now, that was just one way they tried to deal with the problem. Another way was we had all these pilots in the system and not enough flights, not nearly enough flights. So what did that lead to? Of course, we start talking about too many pilots. Now we start talking about the introduction of either mandatory retirements, mandatory layoffs, or early retirements. I think in some cases there were probably forced retirements as well, but those would be extreme cases. You know, I'm not going to speak for the airlines, but those are the types of things that usually happen when somebody is right at that mandatory age or that age for retirement and they just kind of want to hold on. Then the airlines or other companies might do something to kind of push them out. But 
um, one of the ways that they dealt with this lack of demand, and we saw it across the board, you know, was by cutting out the number of pilots available. Because if you've been in almost any kind of industry, when you look at company costs, most times the largest expenditure for a company is labor, you know, especially when you get into fields like aviation, construction, when you talk about the amount of people it takes to keep on the payroll to keep the system running, it's a huge expenditure. So when you don't have the machine running half the time, you have to find ways to adjust and save money. Now, keep in mind, the airlines, they're private. All right. We're not nationalized. This is not a communist country. So these companies are free to run their businesses as they choose and one of the ways that they do this is by retirements early retirement packages pushing retirement packages and just dealing with the overall problem by shortening the number of pilots now of course uh, as time goes on covid starts to decrease um, people start getting vaccinated the travel starts to pick back up again and now we go from fall of 2019 to the summer of 2022 and we had this many people at one point and now we have this many people at a new point which is today and unfortunately we're trying to resolve the situation or the airlines are trying to resolve the situation of okay now the demand is back but we don't have the facilitators and the facilitators in this case being the pilots to actually fly the aircraft so you know that alone is one problem now we've seen a lot of problems arise out of covid or come following covid and many of them are supply lines and distribution and warehousing and parts there's just so many things even laws have changed as a result of this so one of the things that we're talking about when we say okay there's a pilot shortage easy solution hire a lot of pilots but that's not a lot of that's not a, a practical solution. Even though it is a solution, it's not something that's going to transpire overnight. It's not going to be like a light switch. They can't just say, okay, boom, we just hired 3,000 new pilots. And let's just say at the beginning of the year, the estimates that I were given when I talked to these FAA reps was about 9,000 pilots in the U.S. alone. So 9,000 pilots is what we were short. So we need to make that up, which means there's going to be a hiring of 9,000 pilots as soon as possible in order to fill that gap. Now, when we're talking about the pool of candidates that comes from the availability in the market, we have the very experienced over here, experienced pilots, meaning traditionally coming from the military because that's usually one way people will get plugged in is they go into the military as a pilot they build up their experience they separate after their mandatory uh time that they need to commit or their mandatory um commitment and then they transition over to the airlines that's one way another way is getting students who are just interested in aviation generally and they're coming from this side now so you have big pool over here you have big pool over here but now you have to talk about the level of experience and it's not just the airlines that have had to adjust now because so many people are actually transitioning from the military over to the airlines the military has gone ahead and they have created their own limitations on pilots or their own restrictions 
now um, the army for example has imposed a mandatory commitment now of 10 years versus the six years that it was when i went through so that means students now pilots in the army are unavailable for that first 10 years there will be no transitioning if you're on an active status in the military so that's a huge hit right there and the experience of private pilots that are over here is all over the place you're talking about people with experience levels in you know a few hundred hours versus people who have been you know flying for years and have thousands of hours but out of that pool maybe a lot of those people are just not interested in becoming commercial pilots because they have something that they prefer rather than being a commercial pilot so solving a pilot shortage is not an easy thing to do you know you can't just flip a switch like we said you can't just go out there and say okay look we're opening the doors we have good salaries come on in because the people that are interested a huge portion of that pool of interested candidates has no experience which means they apply they need to go to the school and they need to spend months flying their tail off just to be able to get the minimum hours required in order to fulfill that job i already know several people myself doing it so that is a tough thing to do that doesn't happen overnight that takes months to do and then even when you do get in the door and you hit those minimum hours required now you still have to go through the process that the airline imposes on you which means certain schools certain ratings simulator time the process is not like this the process is like this and people have to actually spend that time and the airlines have to invest in them and that takes a while if there was a huge pool of candidates that were just sitting there waiting and they had all the time necessary and they had all the training and it was just a quick transition it would be so much easier but that pool just doesn't exist but then on top of that even if you get the pilots in the door there's so many other things that they run into that are problems like we talked about you know there is problems with supply and distribution and parts let's just say a simulator goes down and it's waiting on a certain part to be able to repair it sometimes that's just not going to happen right now we're at an age where we are experiencing a shortage of drivers thousands of drivers right now last i heard it could have been even been as high as sixty thousand, or not i'm sorry eighty thousand drivers that were short which is even worse so this this problem that we're facing with the pilot shortage is not going to be something that resolves overnight okay now most times people don't experience it on a continuous basis throughout the year travel is like a scale you know it's almost like one of those lie detector scales that you see so things are just kind of doing this the whole time and then there's a peak there's christmas you know and then it keeps going there's thanksgiving there's easter time frame there's fourth of july there's memorial day weekend so generally speaking, when the uh, the little scale is just doing this and it's just kind of bouncing along, things are able to be maintained with a certain limited amount of stress. Yes, there's going to be cancellations. There's going to be delays. Weather will still impact you if you're in the right season and you're going to the right location. But generally speaking, the amount of stress is never highlighted the way it has been this fourth of july weekend in the news and the reason why this is the way it is is because of a giant shortage in the amount of pilots that we have in this country now 
again, even once we do get it resolved, it's going to take years to get everything back onto a pre-COVID track. And hopefully in that time, COVID doesn't resurge because then that's going to throw another wrench in the system, right? You know, let's just say we finally made that that hiring. We've gotten 8,000 out of 9,000 pilots. Things are starting to look good. Things are starting to come back up and all of a sudden COVID or COVID sister comes in and boom, crashes again. Now we're going to run into something different. Okay, but right now what people need to understand is there is a problem and that problem started not even during COVID, it was something that started before COVID because there was such a large number of pilots in the commercial industry that were nearing that retirement age. You know, if there would have been a much younger crowd, that could have been a different story. You know, companies, the airlines would have had different decisions to make. But with the pilot shortage now, it's not something that's going to be addressed um as quickly as people hope you know they're working on it we all know that you can read up on any of these airlines they are working meticulously on this to try and resolve the problem but right now it's not something that we're going to see fixed next week or next month or probably even next year this is something that could take five years to get back on track six years maybe seven years it's not going to be overnight i think in fact i think the uh, ceo to united just recently said that we're looking at 2024 2025 before we start to see some relatively normal normalcy in the process so um right now does anybody get precedence with all these shortages who knows maybe it could be uh you know the airlines that sell the cheap tickets maybe they have a better turnover rate or maybe they have a higher rate of delays and cancellations as far as i know it's airlines like american airlines delta the big players that are having some of the largest problems here but when it comes to spirit frontier those smaller types of airlines that sell cheaper tickets with less amenities that they are doing decent right now so let's just agree um peak travel periods like this there's going to be a stress level in fact it might even benefit people to travel before the point comes you know before maybe next year instead of traveling on the first of july that people start aiming for later june to be able to get to their destination uh, consider traveling by train consider traveling by car if you have to travel by plane leave yourself a buffer in there to be able to get to your destination and factor in the possibility that there may be cancellations of course you got to start factoring in other variables as well which is weather at your destination if you're going to the southeast in the summertime tropical storms huge thunderstorms almost on a daily basis uh, we start moving into hurricane season between the end of may and october it just one thing after another so there are certain areas that are less likely to experience delays and there are some cities that you would be going to that are more than likely going to be easier to get to than other cities so keep that in mind the data is all out there you can do the research yourself what i'm saying to people is not a state secret okay i'm just somebody who just goes in reads the news tries to analyze the process and figure out what's going on and yes owning a travel company and being a pilot personally does help me to understand the process a little bit easier but it doesn't help to resolve you know 
issues with the travel industry. There's going to be problems for a while. And even if people do want to start filling these roles as pilot, there's so many other problems they have to run into with length of training, affordability. Can they finance the training? Can they pay for it? Is there enough planes out there to be able to make their training minimums in? Um, when those planes start experiencing maintenance problems, can maintenance get the right parts to them? Do they have the right parts? Are we able to transport those parts? What about the cost of fuel and oil right now? The cost of inflation on everything. Training used to be, you know, you could rent a plane. When I was learning how to fly fixed wing, you could learn for $110 an hour, and that included the instructor and fuel. And now it's probably somewhere close to twice that amount. Um, I know I've heard friends say that you can still get it at a relatively affordable rate, but obviously the more expensive oil and gas becomes, the more that's going to cost. And the more difficult it is to deliver parts and supplies, the more difficult it is to maintain maintenance programs. So you can see a problem that is huge to us is only like this. It's like the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's so much behind it that we need to understand. And it, it doesn't help our frustration levels. It doesn't help people to get to their destinations, but hopefully they can see a little bit of understanding if they examine the process themselves. So I'm gonna leave you with that. I think we're at about 23 minutes right now. That's not too bad. If you have any questions, of course, please uh, get out there, research. All this information is available, like I said before. If you want to reach out to Planiversity, we are plans at planiversity.com. Again, happy 4th of July. Go out, watch some fireworks, eat a hot dog, drink a beer, love your life, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.